0: hi everyone welcome back for another week of raw talk with sheena thank you so much for joining me today and always you guys make it super special i enjoy hearing from you in whichever way feels comfortable so i'm always going to encourage you to do whatever feels right email me instagram me join the facebook group whatever works for you just be in touch and let me know what you're enjoying. Let me know if things are changing in your life and becoming more awesome or more, more difficult or more challenging. If things are coming up, I want to hear what you're going through and and how I can provide information to help support those things. Um, so this episode is no different. This is a very mind-opening, tool-centered episode with Ryan Hurd. So if you guys ha- have been listening to the podcast for a while, you rem- you'll remember him in a previous episode. So Ryan is the owner of the dreamportals.org website where he basically has been let's see, he's been assimilating information on dreams for probably now 15 to 20 years and has scientific basis, has um, basis in other people's experiences over the course of time. He is an incredibly interesting person and has an incredibly interesting perspective and knowledge-based perspective on the topic of dreams. So incredible. I love it because no one can deny that we really don't know what happens in the dream sphere so having different perspectives and having different points of reference of what may be happening and ways to utilize this magical experience that happens every single night for all of us it parentheses does whether you know it or not you do dream whether you remember it or not and so I really encourage you to tune into this episode Until the end, to really garner some of the tools that will help you if you're not remembering your dreams to do so. And then also the magic points how to become more lucid in your dreams and to utilize them to your benefit. Really, really incredible and empowering information. I love Ryan. He, if you if you guys get into the episode, you'll recognize he helps talk me through and ex- a very big experience in my life, which was involved in edible in Denver where it's legal. More parentheses. Um, he really helped talk, to, talk. He really helped to talk me through what that experience meant for me, and it was incredible. And he was actually one of the first people that I reached out to after that experience because his perspective and his knowing came from a place of really understanding what it looks like to go through spiritual evolution. Um, he's incredible you guys. So tune into this episode until the end because you want to hear the weed story. Um, What else do I have going for you this month? Uh, It's still January, so it's still 10. Wow, you have a couple of days. If you purchase a distance healing session or a distance energy healing session or a distance coaching session from any of my practitioners at the space until the end of January, it's 10% off. So I highly encourage you to do that. You don't have to book your session right now. You can just purchase your session and then hold it for, I don't know, a rainy day. Um, Um, Even though we all need support and we all need supporters and healers in our lives. Um, So yeah, get a couple of sessions for yourself or a friend. I think it's one of the best gifts that you can give someone is the opportunity to be inside of their own healing experience from a perspective of non-judgment and love and healing really special. A lot of these practitioners are very important in my own health journey and spiritual journey. And so I really look forward to hearing your experiences with them as well. Uh, Let's see if I have anything else. Um, Like I mentioned in the beginning of this intro, join the face private Facebook group. It's an incredible, amazing, positive, um, Question based experience based forum it's turned into like this really amazing thing where I can't even believe what I'm seeing. Sometimes there are tons of other people starting their podcasts and, and writing books and starting blogs and just documenting that and talking about it and finding support with other basic witches. And it's so beautiful and I love it so much. Um, There are also people in Australia who are raw talk listeners who are trying to meet up with one another. I mean, incredible. All over the all over the globe, um, so if you are interested, let's see. I mean, I always put the Facebook link in the show notes, so make sure you tune into that. Um, if you are local to New Orleans, and even if you are not, if you are coming in for Mardi Gras or anything like that, um, February is Mardi Gras month in New Orleans, so. Um, uh, let's see what's going on. We have a few um, parades that pass in front of our Republic, which makes it very interesting to run a business <laughs> during. But afterwards, let's see, the event that I have coming up this Saturday after Mardi Gras, which is I think February 17th, is I'm, I'm doing the CBD oil event that I promised. So I was supposed to do it in November. It didn't happen. So I rescheduled it to February 17th and that's taking place at the space and we have cbd oil chocolate butters and hemp butters to sample i'm going to let you guys try my favorite cbd oil which is called charlotte's web uh, which we sell at the space and also raw republic a lot of you have been responding to my instagram and saying that you're very interested in learning more about it i'm i may do a live stream option for people in the raw talk group if you're interested in joining the event live stream shoot me an email and I'll make sure to get you the link if we choose to do it that way as well um so just email me at sheena at raw republic juice.com and I think that's it so yeah as a little refresher if you've never listened to this podcast before um it's just, just me interviewing some really cool people. I own a juice bar and I own a wellness center. So if you've heard me refer to the space, the space is the wellness center above Raw Republic, which is the juice bar. And Raw Republic was the first organic cold-pressed juice bar in New Orleans, Louisiana. In Louisiana, I think pretty much. Um, I did beat out a couple of the the other people, even though... I wish there was a juice bar in every corner. I think it's an amazing way to nourish yourself with nutrient-dense, pre-digested foods, and especially when they're organic like they are at Raw Republic. It's, It's a cell breath, inspiration, healing opportunity. It's everything and can be everything in just a small little package. It's wonderful. I love my juices. Um, so, anyway, that that gives you kind of a little overview as to what to expect from um, from those two businesses and also from this podcast. This podcast was created because I was having the same conversations with my clients at the juice bar every single day. I could only get them so far in terms of their own transformation and healing with the juices. I needed to also have this conversation about wellness, about emotional health, about spirituality, about all these things that really take your life experience to the next level. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Ryan. Let me know your feedback when you're finished listening and happy dreaming, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity-acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for another week of Raw Talk with Sheena. We have a super special part two guest who's been on the podcast before. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard the first podcast, but if you haven't, our special guest this week is Mr. Ryan Hurd. I call him the dream guru. Um, he doesn't necessarily associate with that term. I made it up for him, but um, I he, of all the people in the world that talk about dreams, Ryan is my go-to, and he's been someone who's actually helped really kind of um, bring me to a next place of understanding in terms of what's happening in my dream world. So if it's the first time I'm introducing you guys to him, if it's the second, um, I encourage you to be open-minded regarding this topic, because really, no one knows what the fuck's going on in the dream world. So let's just have fun. Welcome back, Ryan.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. And didn't, didn't we decide that I was the dream warlock instead?
0: You wanted to be the warlock other Raw Talk listeners were like, he can be a dream wizard, because sometimes we call people who listen to this podcast basic witches. So they wanted to call you a dream wizard.
1: Let's go with dream wizard. I like that. Okay. I like that better than guru. Okay, we'll go with that.
0: (laughs) So Ryan, give us an update on what's been going on with you since the last time we talked in terms of any discoveries or any um, interesting dreams on your part.
1: Ah, good question. I I had a a pretty big dream not too long ago uh, in which I came in contact with some animal figures, really uh, impactful animal figures. And I'm really just just pleased to meet them again, you know, a, a white wolf and some deer. And it felt very ancestral. It was very cool. Interesting. Uh, and I've, been, I've been working with that dream. I have a dream group um, that I meet with online and we, we work each other's dreams in different ways and uh, so kind of been sitting with that and uh, that's been that's been good. And other, otherwise I'm um, I'm in full, you know, like winter kind of bear mode basically. So I'm doing my online teaching with uh, JFK university and I'm also doing my own classes at, you know, my dream studies academy
0: very cool um, I've never really associated myself in a dream with an animal so I think that's very interesting like are you communicating with the animals telepathically in,
1: well it was it was a it was a powerful dream because it was a lucid dream and so I knew I was dreaming and I thought I was in the future and so I was like oh I'm in this interesting house I'll check out where am I I look out the window, it's snowing out, and I'm like, oh, it looks like the Pacific Northwest, which is kind of unusual. Uh, I go outside, and that's when I notice that there is this white wolf sitting sitting um, in the grass just looking at me. And, and then he's flanked on both sides by two deer. And the look that this wolf gave me, it just sort of leveled me. Uh, it wasn't threatening it was just almost like spiritually scanning me, is what it felt like, and, um, I, and I was terrified. I basically uh, ran inside. Wow. <laughs> I lost about ninety percent of my lucidity in that moment <laughs> um, of that encounter, and so I've been really thinking about that ever since.
0: Interesting. Well, we it was it was very highly requested actually. So it's funny that you're the first topic that you bring up as lucid dreaming because many of the listeners from the last podcast wanted us to get into more of what that was and how to do it. So can you explain why your dream was lucid and can you explain what that means?
1: Yes. Lucid dreaming. It's so much, it's so much fun Uh, and it happens spontaneously, but it also can be learned. Um, And what lucidity lucidity is, is knowing that you're dreaming while you're in the dream and it's a real dream. It's not like you're in between states of consciousness or anything like that. It's, it's an actual dream, and you feel fully embedded in the dream. And when you realize that you're dreaming, it's, it's like the dream world becomes suddenly more vibrant, more magical. Everything is more alive, and you have the power of choice. Um, you have the power of manifestation. You can take a different path. You can make a different choice. You can fly. You know, you can fulfill things that you thought about. Oh, I'd like to do this from waking life if you can remember those intentions. Or you can go with the flow with where the dream is coming from and uh, basically continue the theme as it presents itself. It's a very dynamic process that I've been engaged in for decades. And my relationship to it continues to evolve. Uh, you know, throughout the years.
0: Does it actually encourage more remembering after when you wake up if it's more lucid?
1: Right. Well, it's it is a feedback system. So if you're wanting to have lucid dreams, you have to have pretty decent dream recall in, in from the get go. You know, and I mean, just if you can remember, essentially, you know, four or five dreams a week, you know, or one more or less solid dream, you know, every morning. That's a good place to start doing the various lucid dreaming practices um, to to help kind of kindle that ability. Uh, and it is a natural ability. It's some. It's easier for some people more than others, for whatever reason. But um, it is something that is very natural. And you know, there used to be these arguments about how it was. Unnatural, or it's not really dreaming, or you're getting in the way of the dream. But because mm. it happens spontaneously, and it happens to children, I mean, it happened to me as a child. You know, I just can't think that children are dreaming wrong. I just, <laughs> you know?
0: I, I completely agree with that. And and it's interesting because you know the what actually started my interaction with my dreams about two years ago was someone teaching about lucid dreaming and saying the first step in learning how to be lucid in your dreams is to begin remembering them. So do you, do you recognize that as being true? If you're kind of, if you're wanting to experience this, step number one is you have to start um, placing an intention to remember your dream, um, writing down your dream in the morning, recording it in some way. Is that, is that kind of how you teach people?
1: absolutely and in fact you know having good dream recall is the number one predictor of success
0: okay so starting with that we're you know and and it's so interesting because you wouldn't think that just placing an intention to remember your dream would actually work like why why does that work why does it it doesn't make sense really i'm not sure why why does that work let's start there
1: Yeah, well, so, you know, we are an anomaly in Western culture that we forget our dreams. And so we think it's normal that we have these psychedelic experiences every night where we become different people and and do crazy things. And then we wake up in the morning like nothing ever happened. But if you look at almost any other culture throughout the world, um, especially nature-based cultures, you know, Mm -hmm. and Historically, of course, uh, anthropologically, dreaming is, is um, part of the fabric of life. And so it's really us that are the anomaly. And so dream recall comes back very quickly when you make the intention, especially when you socialize it, when you share your dream with your romantic partner or your family or your friends. And basically, get the dream out of your head and into, in into the world. You know,
0: it's almost like it it starts having a life of its own. It starts being able to develop into um, practical, logical terms and and everyday society. I guess because really we're condensing what is, in in my opinion, sort of a divine experience into our understanding and our words but yet that's, that gives it a realistic sort of life that can then, um, I guess, develop realistically.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, dreams, we have the dream that we recall, but then when we utter it, it becomes a story, it becomes a narrative, and it enters culture, and it affects other people in different ways, and the same dream can be told different ways when you tell it in front of different people, you'll mm-hmm. notice that you'll t- change the way that you emphasize things. And it's because, you know, we're relational people, you know, that's sort of a part of our, I guess you could say our primate destiny, but dreams are a part of that. And so, yeah, as soon as you make the acknowledgement that you want to recall a dream and, and do a couple of physical things to reinforce that, you know, like get a dream journal, you know, um, which can be just a simple notebook. It doesn't have to be a fancy, something fancy. Um, and I really do encourage the actual writing down of dreams as opposed to um, just using an app. Uh, there is a lot of advantages to digitizing your dream content in terms of you know, later analysis and whatnot, but when you write your dreams down, you're, you're reifying them, you're reinforcing them, and it does something. It, it really does something to make it easier to recall them. And so the dream journal becomes like the bookends of sleep. It's the last thing you see before you turn out the light, except maybe Netflix. And mm-hmm. then it's it's the first thing you see when you wake up in the morning. And so you you set the intention and you say, oh, right, what did I dream last night? And you sit there. and And what I encourage people to do is to incorporate five minutes of rest after the alarm goes off to just think about and dwell again in the dream feelings that you're still experiencing. Because you know, we wake up from a dream. We're not just like awake in in our like hyper rational world. We're we're groggy. We're in between. And in fact those effects of REM sleep can last for, you know, yeah, up to five minutes. And so you can close your eyes and that's why we have snooze, you know, and, and just see if you can <laughs> That's catch why we have snooze,
0: time. Ryan. <laughs>
1: that's funny. That's why we have it.
0: <laughs> so do you think that if you do something or read something or interact with something before you go to sleep, that that also impacts the dream state?
1: Well, it, it, there are some indications that it does, uh, but what it probably impacts more directly is your, is your sleep, your relaxation, your ability to, um, to, to fall asleep quickly. Mm-hmm. I think reading before bed, um, can be a really nice, a nice activity. Um, if it's part of a, uh, you know, part of like a, a ritual essentially mm-hmm. of, go, of going to sleep mm-hmm. and, um, And yeah, and you know, and there's, of course, there's other practices, uh, if you're reading about dreams, before you go to sleep, that can rekindle some specific intentions. Because not only can we, of course, set an intention to recall a dream, but we can set an intention to ask a question of the dream that the dream can answer, you know, dream incubation. Mm -hmm. And it's not an esoteric Uh, unscientific topic. It's just, it's absolutely part of the feedback system.
0: Wow. Would you also say that you can intend to have a
1: certain dream? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's more like, you know, for me, I would say in terms of success rate, it's, it's sort of like asking and then being open to what the dream delivers. Okay. Um, But absolutely. And so if you want to focus on creativity or relationship issues or you want to have a sexual dream or you want to um, have a flying dream, I mean, you really can, um, you know, you can do so by setting intention, imagining yourself, you know, in that dream, what you'd like to achieve or do or feel. Uh, And you're basically setting yourself up for the dream to respond. course, it won't always be what you want. And sometimes you get more than you bargained for, but that's what makes dreaming so magical.
0: Yeah. And I think it goes back to, to kind of what we started with, which is that you have to begin relating and, and growing and establishing this relationship with your dream state. You can't just, you know, make all these um, requests and, and assume that you're going to be flying off of a cliff and traveling across the world and having, sex and dreams and orgasms and all these things, like there has to be some sort of relating at, like to begin with, so that there establishes maybe your presence, I guess, in the dreams. Um, but why do you think that is?
1: I would agree with that. I, I think that's a, a, a more of a long term successful approach is having a is developing a relationship with your creative mind, yeah, and, um, and and realizing that dreams aren't just fantasies. Um, they're not just. It's not just a place to have a virtual reality experience, because you could do that. You, you know, you can do that. By just closing your eyes and having a fantasy. Um, so, in in dreaming, it's a altered state of consciousness. You know.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound attractive to me, anyway. Really, nothing, <laughs> nothing, not very many things without purpose like that are very attract. Like, I'd much rather know how this could serve me in some way.
1: Well, and that's I think one of the sort of problems of the, I guess, the weak side of the lucid dreaming. Culture is that there's a lot of people who aren't interested in dreams but are interested in fantasy Okay, and they want to have certain experiences and so they approach dreaming as fantasy And let me tell you sometimes it absolutely works It absolutely works and then other times you you of course have other kinds of experiences And then people will shut down or just ignore it and it's just you know, whatever I think it's cognitive freedom. Do whatever you want with your mind. It's yours. But there's a lot of missed opportunities having that attitude.
0: Totally, and and I think it's important that you noted that as well because all all the information that's out there about everything that we talk about on the podcast and otherwise, based on the intention and based on your. Um, intention to use this, this particular tool makes all the difference in the world, right? Like we can use dreaming uh, as as a way of understanding consciousness more, we can use it as a way of healing, we can use it as a way of understanding our creative minds and our creative self more, or You know, we can be the people who are just fantasizing about whatever through through our dreams. It's all about it. All comes back to intention, and and also people who are talking about particular topics. It comes back to what their intention is as well. So I think that that's a really important thing to note. Um, But back on the lucid dreaming route, what what are some other tips that we can that we can begin implementing to get? Um, familiar with our dreams and then and then bring us into some tips once we're in the dream on how to um, kind of escalate that utilize it um, remember it how do we know we're lucid dreaming things like that
1: yeah so you know what I teach people is once you start remembering more dreams um, the first thing to do would be to ask why do you want to become more aware in your dreams and just as an open-ended question to, contemplate and you know do you have a goal do you have a specific kind of dream you want to bring like for instance is it health related or about spirituality or about creativity I mean some people you even use lucid dreaming for performance goals um you know athletes in order to focus um to to you know and there's some interesting evidence that that like for instance gymnastics uh you know uh, professionals will practice their routines in lucid dreams and their performance improves afterwards. Uh, and so, rock climbing, you know, all these kind of like really focused consciousness related, you know, events in which you have a lot going on with your body and you're sinking up, you know, lucid dreaming can help with that. And so, there's no right way to do it or one right intention to have or anything like that. So it's just to understand, okay, where in general am I coming from? Um, and once that you have an intention in mind, um, there's a couple of practices and, you know, in the lucid dreaming world, let me tell you, it gets really (laughs) culty pretty quick in terms of, I can imagine. Yeah. It's very ritualistic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very, you know, and some of this stuff I think is unfounded and and maybe like kind of like placebo type stuff. And so but what there's good evidence for in terms of, um, I'd say, clinical studies as well as uh, just lots and lots of thousands of dreamers saying that it's worked for them. Number one would be to start doing reality checks during the day, which is where you take a moment and ask yourself, am I dreaming right now? And actually contemplate it and don't brush it off, you know, and when you do so, you have to then find a way to determine that you are awake and not in a dream. And this is where it gets interesting, because you can't just look around at your setting and, and be like, oh, yeah, this is, I'm totally at home now. And this is my living room. So I'm awake, because that's not gonna work. It's not gonna cut it because you could then have the same question come up in a dream and you would just blow the question off again. Mm-hmm. What the you know what these reality checks do is they create cognitive habits. And it's the same creative mind dreaming and awake. And so once you make a cognitive habit of asking a question, a deep kind of existential question like this, taking a moment, am I aware of my surroundings right now? Am I dreaming right now? It's going to happen in your dream world, you know, as a after effect within a couple of weeks, within a week often. So, so
0: So it will cross your mind while you're dreaming. Am I dreaming? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. You'll ask the same question. While you're in essentially a hyper aroused dream, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, similar to waking consciousness. And so you've got to have a couple of methods of determining that you are either awake or, or, or dreaming And a couple of ones that work really well are uh, holding your nose, and then trying to breathe. Because if you're in a dream, you'll still be able to breathe through your nose, even though you've, you've closed your nostrils. It's a very strange effect.
0: <laughs> this is crazy. And, this is yeah. so, so smart. Okay.
1: It, and it sounds, it's, it kind of sounds like you're testing yourself for psychosis. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, not to worry. These kind of practices don't bleed over. They don't make anybody psychotic um, or, you know, start to wonder about reality. It'll in a philosophical sense, yes, you know, but not in a clinical sense. so in in another practice is to is to look at text, uh, you know words on a screen, uh, book titles, and then look away for a moment and then look back. Often in dreams and not a hundred percent, but often text will change if you you look at it and look away because it sort of just moves about. It's not very stable, as they say. So, you know, those are two, you know, dream uh, reality checks that you can do. And so you, you're asking yourself, um, you know, I'd say 10 times a day for, you know, and try the practice for, you know, like a week, like a Monday through Friday um, with full intention. And Wait, then and then also see, this have- is
0: another way is the token, right? Right.
1: Right, So, yeah. So the, the lucid talisman is something that is, that I designed. Um, it's a copper coin that you keep in your pocket and it has, you know, it's, you know, and I'm not the first one to come up with these coins before and it's totally inspired by uh, the movie inception. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is, is, that you look at the coin and you can focus on its imagery and, and, and ask yourself, am I dreaming? and then sort of notice if there's any irregularities, if if it shifts, if it moves.
0: And one side says, does one side say, I'm awake?
1: One side asks, am I dreaming? And one side asks, am I awake?
0: Okay. Okay. So do you have to look at the same side every time?
1: Well, you know, I think it's up to everyone to to make their own practice with it. And what I'm hearing from people who, who have used it is that the is that the the token, you know, the talisman does show up. It shows up in their dreams, um, and they'll be just having a dream, and suddenly the talisman will be in front of their face, and they'll be like, oh, and they'll have a a thought, am I dreaming? And then they'll say, this is a dream, you know? Um, One person told me she was in a dream looking in the mirror, and she opened her mouth, and the talisman was in her mouth. Weird. (laughs) And she pulled it out of her mouth, and she realized she was dreaming. Weird. So so that's an example of how you can take something from waking life that's bizarre and incept it into your dream content, and then use that bizarre element to further spur you on. To okay. Thinking.
0: Okay. So once it's established in the dream, yes, I'm dreaming, then what?
1: Right. Then what?
0: Then what starts happening? you start because I think that I've I think I've come to the point of recognition yes I'm dreaming but I don't do much with it after that point maybe because I haven't placed an intention for the lucid dream or maybe I just don't know what to do what I want to do Um, I think that's definitely reflective of my reality, you know, something that I work a lot with internally is what do I want? What am I trying to create? And so that I think is mirrored in, in the dream world.
1: Yeah. You know, if, if you don't have a intention and basically don't seize the moment, uh, a a normal, you'll kind of fall back into your normal dream consciousness pretty quickly Uh, and that's, um, that's very typical. And, um, and so often for beginners, you know, they, often will have that problem or the other problem will be is that you become so excited because you realize you wake that up. You're dreaming, and you just you wake up and, and <laughs> so you just like basically emotionally just like freak out and then you wake up <laughs> yeah I can see that for sure so, so yeah so there's like you know the need to stabilize your emotions is something that the lucid dreamers talk about um about how to basically do a calming, you know, I suggest a calming breath, just like I would in waking life, to try to formulate a relaxation response, um, or you know, focus on an image, or start moving your body, like I'm, and and keep repeating to yourself, "I'm this is a dream," you know, as you're walking down the street in this dream road. Um, and in these first lucid dreams are amazing because the, the, it's just very difficult to describe in words how powerful it is to realize you are in a, in a dream world, um, and that everything you know, is not physical reality but in this other mythical you know, imaginative space.
0: Yes. So I'm getting a pen to write things down because this is like already turning into a third podcast, um, because I have so many questions always, but so what was coming to mind for me was, okay, what, the last time we spoke, we were talking about actually a place beyond the lucid dream. So we were, we were talking about like establishing the lucidity of the dream, establishing, um, that you are in control and can make decisions and do things. And then you suggested walking through a wall. Remember that?
1: Right. Yeah. So,
0: so where does the lucidity for you go after that point?
1: So, yeah. So I, well, I've done that so many times and and different things happen. Sometimes if I break the dream imagery by doing something like that, like going through a wall I'll, you know, emerge in a new dream scene and sometimes I'll lose my lucidity immediately as I'm in the new scene and it'll become, you know, an interesting dream. Um, Sometimes I can retain the lucidity and, and, you know, when I'm in that mode, I tend to be kind of almost like an anthropologist and like a participant observation mode, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm walking about and I'm looking to see, you know, what is coming towards me, who can I speak to, um, just find out where the energy of the dream is and, and, and meet it, you know, and basically just participate uh, as I see fit. Now, I mean, now that kind of open ended intention doesn't work for everybody, especially for if you're new to lucid dreaming. And I would recommend having a more specific intention that you can recall easily. Uh, And so, you know, like I said, like you're, what your intention is from the very beginning, that's your motivation. And if you have a very specific intention that's easy to remember, almost like an affirmation, like mm-hmm. I want to fly. When I'm mm-hmm. no I'm dreaming, I'm going to fly. Um, right? And it's very easy to remember something like that. And then you so so what you want to train yourself to do is to realize once you realize you're dreaming, be like, ah yes, what was my intention? And then it'll hopefully come back to you. And mm-hmm. sometimes it won't because it's, a, like I said, you know, it's an altered state of consciousness. And sometimes it's difficult for the memory to become accessible. Uh, uh, but other times it's right there. And so you can choose to do that intention or you can choose something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really having a specific intention can be really helpful for elongating that dream. Um, and, and I do recommend flying by the way, it's just absolutely wonderful.
0: So a couple of things are coming to mind after that description is that first of all, you know, I, I feel there's a part of me that feels like in the dream state, we should relinquish some control in allowing sort of, um, Emotions to process, things to happen on their own, um, and then the other part of me is saying that we are well, that it could be very useful for answering questions, and also that most, that likely we're controlling it no matter what. We're likely controlling the dream no matter what, so it becomes then maybe having again the the relationship with the dream state to know you know when to allow and when to just be in the processing and then when to utilize it because and this this comes into play with uh, again a lot of things that that um are in the world of wellness and health is that you know i'm going to say this wrong frontal lobe cortex is that correct this is a new part of the brain correct
1: yeah, the prefrontal cortex, yeah.
0: Right. So this utilization of consciousness is quite new, correct?
1: Yeah, in, in terms of the evolution of, of, of the species, yeah, absolutely. And it's linguistic, and it's meta, and it's very social.
0: So potentially, we are just expanding the capacity of this new part of our brain to evolve further correct
1: it, it could be i mean I've, I've certainly um wondered that myself you know but i don't think it's new in the sense of in a historic sense um i think we've been dreaming and lucid dreaming for probably before we are human i think you know if you look at for instance paleolithic rock art um i have to say i think some of those are dream visions or you know there's there's some kind of it's definitely in a ima- an imaginal realm. If it's not dreaming, it's some other kind of you know shamanic realm that's a lot like dreaming. Mm-hmm. So you know, and but, of course, they're drawing portals and stuff too. So if yeah. we are evolving, we've been evolving and doing this for two hundred thousand years, maybe, yeah,
0: but the but the part that I'm saying may be relating to our um our evolution is that potentially we are using it consciously to drive our per, our own personal evolution and potentially that that is new you see what i mean like i don't i, I don't know it. that yeah. they would have used it or talked about it or you know refined practices to be or you know or maybe we're just coming back into that innate sense who knows
1: yeah. No. And this is what's so interesting is, is that different cultures, different time periods, use lucid dreams for different purposes. Um, I mean, for instance, I'm I'm convinced that a lot of medieval witchcraft was probably done in a dream state in terms of spells, mm. uh, because the dream state is a place where spells work. <laughs> if you say incantation in in a dream, things happen you can make action happen at a distance you can have telepathy you can if you say
0: the word incantation you ignite this
1: magical power is that what you're saying i'm i'm saying that you know that the yeah the power of words the power of um of any kind of of something that has meaning especially nested nested meaning where where words are more than just their meaning but the actual sounds themselves have power. In a dream, these things come out, and so I think the dream world is a place where where we do magic, and I think that's historically was probably where some of this stuff happened. There's been a lot of talk. Well, there was also psychedelia, you know, different kinds of um, you know uh, inebriants and whatnot in the medieval times, which is true. Um, And also dreaming and it's a lost art right Um, shamanism lost art same kind of thing And then here we are in the modern world and we have an individualistic sense of identity And we're interested in our individual health and healing Which is different than the communal sense of identity Mm -hmm. that humans have had, you know in the past Mm -hmm. Excuse me So so in there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's a different way of being um, and so, yeah, we our individual evolution in terms of, I would say, emotional growth, um, spiritual growth, totally can be mapped through lucid dreaming, and 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 you can enter into transcendence states as well. So there's a lot to say about that, and in all the while there's everything that you don't intend because you're not just going to be in control of a dream. You might be in control of it, of an intention, but then the dream has a feedback. The dream has a response. And sometimes with that will come some shadow will come some, some repressed or unconscious or disturbing elements that have to be acknowledged mm-hmm. and worked. And that's that's the kind of the alchemy aspect of lucid dreaming. Uh, That's not very popular um, because because it hurts and sometimes it's ugly, but that will probably get you farther than anything else.
0: Okay, so this is going to deviate our topic a little bit, but it's also related. And this I mean this This part has to come up because I've kind of been alluding to it for the p- past few episodes in saying that I had a very transformational experience the last time I went to Colorado and I ate an edible. And I reached out to you afterwards because I was like, "Oh my God." And so let me start from the beginning um. This was at a time where a lot of transitional things were happening in my life, and it was kind of for the first time that I had been opening up about my emotions and um, talking with my partner more authentically and, and openly. Um, I was talking with a, a coach regularly. I was, I was really just recognizing that I'd had some underlying emotion that um, I didn't, have an outlet for and at the same time that was not coming through in my dreams it was it was you know I think I remember telling you like there was some boredom in my dreams and and things like that there it wasn't um there was no processing however once that cage started opening up in my reality and I started being authentic and open in you know my awake state let me say not so much reality awake state um it's as though like the 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 floodgates were open and when i went to denver and i ate that edible which by the way be warned people because i had the smallest dosage possible okay and was unlike anyone else around me who had eaten, you know, like 10 times as much as can can be very potent, especially for sensitive people. Side note. But what took place for me was something that very much felt and seemed like this lucid dreaming state. It felt as though I was in a dream Okay, so that was part number one. And the frightening aspect of that was that in a dream, you know that you can wake up and you can come back to your reality if you know that you're awake and yet you feel like you're dreaming. Where does it seem like you might go? It seems like you might die, but at the same time, and this is my experience again, at the same time what it also felt like was that i i knew and had an understanding of kind of what the soul experience was outside of the physical body Mm. so i guess in some ways you could say that that's a dream state or you could say that it's a death state i'm not really sure um at the same time some of these big programs and some of these big um life realization started coming up and the reason why I bring it up is because again this whole experience felt like a dream and it and it felt like the information that was being portrayed to me was also available in a dream state I felt like it was a really big messaging and um and for the for the next probably week it, it also, every, like every day I was checking in, am I dreaming? Am I am I awake? Like it was unclear. And um, I just felt like you had a really, you had an understanding of what I was describing. And so I want to hear about it from your perspective.
1: Well, I mean, it sounds to me like a very powerful, potent experience that I, I think you're lucky that you were able to sit back on a couch and you had some good friends nearby. So true. <laughs> So you know, true, and, uh, and which is like uh, basically. I mean, it sounds like almost like a true-blown psychedelic experience, not just not just an inebriation. And you know, the difference being that your attitude changed to that of it is a sacrament, right. um, and I'm being shown a new level of reality, and you're questioning you know, you have existential questions, you know, uh, who am I, what is this and what's, what's happening to me? And it it sounds, it sounds very overwhelming. And, and yeah, yeah. So cannabis can be absolutely, it can have that level of intensity to it. Um, which is why it's nice to, um, to, to, uh, to have a, a circle of friends in, in order to, um, to hold that space. Uh, and, and so, just like any kind of, um, you know, something like ayahuasca um, or, or mushrooms um, or even if you're doing like holotropic breath work, which is a, you know, the same. It, it can induce very psychedelic feelings. Without yes, I've done that before. Any, mm-hmm. You know, so there's the experience itself. And then afterwards, there's this period of integration where you where you try to remember what happened. And and you're reformulating your sense of self, which may have been either shaken or utterly destroyed. Uh, and, uh, And that's that's a very healthy. But often, I think people don't do that step. People don't do the integrative step. People just look for their next peak experience. People, you know, want to, to feel high again uh, or, or want to just, you know, forget again. But, but what you're talking about and the sort of respect that you have for what happened to you sounds very much like, yeah, like a sacrament. Right. Uh, and, and like a big dream, like an experience that you'll remember for a long time. Um, so, I mean, it's very, it's very cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was not something that I could have pushed to the side, because energetically and physically, I was so changed and so different. I could not interact in my normal routine as I once had. And for a period of time after that, you know, um, I read a book about death, which like doesn't normally interest me, but it was about cremation and mortuary and um, random things like that. It was called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you heard of
1: it? Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've heard of it.
0: So, I mean, in that book just like tossed itself into my hands because I didn't buy it. It was, I mean, you know, it was random, but that's not something that I would ever read. And and the experiences that I felt during that week after, it, it was unavoidable. I could not just go back into like, okay, you know, it was a big sort of thing and still weighing heavy. On me. It was like something inside of me died mm. and that experience allowed that to take place. And the reason too, why I bring it up with you is because I feel like that experience is so related to... What is possible in the dream state and in the dream world, and and potentially can happen to that extent if we, um, if we give it that as you're saying, like sort of sacramental um, homage, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so a, a helpful framework for these kind of impactful experiences is the idea of spiritual emergence. Uh, You know, and so in which there's an, you know, something is erupting from inside that shifts the way that we see ourselves, our self-identity, as well as the way we interact with the world and maybe even how like the rules of the world, the universe work. And and we know it's spiritual emergence when it's not just a peak experience, but it's a peak experience that lingers, that we think about, we continue to contemplate it. Um, It keeps coming back. Um, and we don't feel the same again. It has these 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 lasting effects. So it can happen spontaneously. It can happen, you know, with um, with drug use, and sometimes when it's not pleasant, uh, and it's not the container isn't good. Um, it's it's an emergency, and they call that spiritual emergency. Uh, and it's it's essentially like you you know need to find a way to um, to integrate what happened to re create that sense of self and this could be something that can take months or, or or years in in a way but it shifts us right because it's sort of like the crack in the dam mm-hmm. and uh, the default way of being we you know we wake up in a sense from oh I've been living my life kind of in this small way and mm-hmm. now I'm seeing bigger patterns and you can't go back
0: you're you're describing this so beautifully. You're, I mean, exactly every single thing that you're saying is exactly what I'm remembering as that experience because it, and it was not comfortable. Let me like reiterate that. That it was not, I mean, it was very scary while it was happening. And, and afterwards it was scary because there was a questioning as to whether or not I would ever feel like who I've identified as myself again. And from the back end of it, now I'm seeing that the loss of that is the benefit, right? That identity yeah. that has what I that has the power that I've seen to be able to kind of strip me of those things that were not not working for me anymore. I feel like a more authentic representation of myself now. I feel um, like I'm hiding less, like. Um, I feel more okay with whatever happens around me. A lot of things have changed, um, mm. but I, but like you were saying, I can't deny that during the process, it was not easy. I mean, like it was right. like I was definitely reaching out to everyone that I knew, um, just quietly, like you know, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be who am I gonna be someone again? Like in in my mind, am I gonna have that connection again and and the connection is stronger than ever is is kind of what I'm trying to state. And um yeah. and I'd been really excited to talk to you about this experience because it, it just seems so connected. It seems so connected that uh, the way that we can utilize dreams can, can be this transformational experience for us. Um, is there any, is there any other part of the dream state outside of lucid dreaming that you feel like has provided an experience like that?
1: Well, you know, yeah. Cause what you're, I mean, what you're talking about sounds like almost like an initiation, like a private initiation. And, 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 you know, dreaming, these things happen to, they can happen in lucid dreams, um, but impactful initiation dreams of that caliber can happen without, you know, a focus on, I know that I dreaming. you. might You might know that you're in a mythic world, um, but you just accept it at face value and you're not spending time thinking about, I know that I know that I'm knowing right now, but rather you're focusing on, you know, the archetypal nature of what's manifesting in front of you, and that's drawing the attention. And so so lucidity becomes unimportant with some of these impactful events. And, in fact, that's why I think there's been so many other cultures that experience basically what we would call lucid dreams but just don't talk about the lucidity because they weren't interested in that particular component. The lucidity is there, is almost to be expected, Um, But it's the bigness of the dream, of the encounter, the authenticity of the moment, and what erupts, you know, into consciousness and what can, you know, um, tear us apart and and bring us back together again. And initiation dreams um, are a kind of dream that are like this. Um, And they're essentially, I'd say, proto-shamanic. They are about us needing a new identity, and the dream providing it, and it can be absolutely painful. And so when we die in dreams, you know, these deaths um, are rebirths,
0: right? Would can you share any experience that you've had that has been similar to this?
1: Well, um, these kind of dreams are also really personal.
0: That's true. (laughs) Yes.
1: And so, and so there are a few dreams I've had of this nature, but I can't quite describe them in in this sort of form because they are, they are sacred in a sense. Yes. But let me just say that the, that the characteristics are really common, um, that there's often you'll have, um, an initiation dream will start, it'll, it'll have a nature theme. You might be confronted by a wild animal, um, or a disfigured person, something that's despicable or unsavory. Um, it can be a physical altercation. It could involve themes of torture. Um, even sexual assault in these dreams um, are part of the package. And then what happens is is that it's not just about trauma. There is a, a sewing up afterwards. There is a ripping out of the organs and replacing it with with gems or cold, clean air or, right, you know, so there's sort of a repackaging that happens in the dream. Mm-hmm. And so we're not just ripped apart, we're put back together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it's, the metaphors are different kind of for everybody. Um, okay. But the, the, that's the theme. And, and so these happen spontaneously. Um, and they might o- only happen once in your life but they happen at impactful times when you know we need a new way of being in the yeah. world and and so you know these figures show up and they're tricky they don't they're not like these exalted gods on high as you'd expect they 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 come in in, in other unexpected forms yeah so it's very interesting you know that that entire theme uh, that that transformative aspect of dreaming
0: it seems like it seems like it it goes back again to the uh, intention of being a conscious person being a conscious being um being an open-minded person being an open-minded being um and then you say something like this can happen randomly which then makes me think might there be something out there that wants this for us as well, even if we're not, you know, potentially putting in the work or efforting to have these experiences. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'd have to um, go back to what Carl Jung said about these experiences, you know, the great you know, psychologist. And he dealt a lot with these archetypal themes and really explored his own World of dreams and visions, almost to the point of madness. Um, and he came back, and 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 his theory, you know, which is very similar to the ideas of self-actualization, you know, that you know the transpersonalists talk about, like Abraham Maslow. He had this idea about he called it individuation, but it basically is is that we all it's it's baked in that we are going to evolve into you know more sort of purified beings throughout our lifespan that's just that's human development you know we're not just going to you know health isn't just the absence of sickness you know it's we move into wellness we move into wholeness and we do it automatically and whether or not we're paying attention it's going to happen but if you do some of these practices if you do this work you can help the work you mm-hmm. can assist and basically be a midwife to the practice um, that is already happening, and so we don't have to worry about you know is it going to happen because it is it's happening
0: right <laughs>
1: you know but and we can of course get in our own way um, there's no doubt about that um, but by doing dream work you know um, you know taking sacrament um, um, ceremony. Um, just uh, you know, spending time in nature, right? All these things that just um, can um, profoundly change us. They just it it can accelerate the process.
0: Yeah, oh, this is so good. Oh, it's so good, Ryan. I love it so much. I'm gonna ask you just so that we don't have to go into. Um, I mean, it's just it's what you just stated, and everything that we just talked about is such a good closure to this conversation because it's so big that it needs to settle in and it needs to, um, be integrated into the listeners, energy fields and spiritual hearts so that they can find a way to begin interacting with themselves a little bit deeper. Um, there's almost nothing else that you can say about it. I think it's just, it's major, um, until the next podcast. Okay. Um, but like I said, from the beginning, I'm going to, I'm going to check and see, um, if we have any Instagram questions for you before we, we head out. Okay. Um, (laughs) okay. Okay. So Kelsey Sparange wants to know on Instagram, what would cause someone to have lots of bad dreams, not full on nightmares, but just dreams where something bad happens every night? I read online, it could be stress related, but I'm curious anything I can do to make it stop sage my bed question mark.
1: Yeah, so well, you know, dreams are mostly bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's the dirty truth about dreaming is that we, we want them to be good dreams and we're delighted to have good dreams. But, um, often dreams, um, remember dreams are more unpleasant than they are pleasant. And that seems to be just, I guess the way that we're wired. But if your dreams are disturbing you, if they're affecting your, you know, your waking life, your, your motivation, your self-esteem, um, you know, it it could be a number of different things. and I would always start with cleaning up your sleep health and taking a, a look at, you know, am I getting enough sleep? Am I getting enough quality sleep? Um, you know, am I taking care of myself in that way? And then looking at relaxation strategies. Am I taking care of myself in this way? Am I, you know... Um, able to relax before bed? Am I able to get outside and take a walk every so often in um, exercise? and right? And so it's kind of like dietary, holistic health type aspects, you know, And you can sort of move through your life and your relationship in that way. and and the only time it's ever dangerous is if if you're waking up from nightmares, um, you know like two or three weeks in a row, and it's just constant nightmares that could be a signal to, to see a medical practitioner, because sometimes, and this is not, you know, usually the case, but there are these cases where nightmares and dreams are a symptom of another health issue that's coming through. Mm-hmm. And basically the health issue is affecting your sleep. And, and then the emotional dream kind of comes with that package. Um, and so that's sort of the last piece there.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that answer. Um OK, Vital Treasures wants to know what do recurring dreams mean? Is it the recurring feeling or emotions of the dream that is what matters, or is it the actual content and story? Are dreams literal in this way?
1: Uh, I love I love repetitive dreams. So so I, I'd say both. Uh, I think it's in these dreams that we have again and again that we can begin to construct, our own personal mythology you know we begin to see the stories that were playing out because the dreams might be pretty identical but they're a little different every time they're variations on a theme right and so that variation is uh, is a myth that's playing out in our life and and we can ask ourselves well why am i always late to class anyway <laughs> you know what is that about mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, um, why are my teeth always falling out? Um, you know, something we discussed last time. yeah, but um, but yeah, these repetitive dreams can are are kind of windows to the soul in in that sense and and they they tag at you know, they tug at rather um aspects of our life that need attention. And so I would say that they're probably figurative, and it's probably it probably is emotional um, you know at the root of it because dreaming is an emotional visual language um so see if you can find those feelings in these repetitive dreams and then see if you could isolate and name that feeling and then what i would ask is to just go through your life and see and notice the next time that feeling shows up in a waking life um Mm-hmm. You know, because we often will have negative thoughts about ourselves, or we'll be in a social situation, and we'll have suddenly, you know, a panic of of this nature or that nature. And then, basically, when you notice that feeling in waking life, you realize I'm living this myth right now. Like I'm actually in that repetitive dream, and it's happening right now. And so, each of these moments of self awareness are moments to break out of that pattern to try something different.
0: That is such good advice. I love that. That's really incredible. I think that that is a great practice for integrating reason and also um, healing and awareness all encompassing um, that connection between the dream and awake state. That's awesome. Okay, this will be the last one that I ask because more questions are coming in. Okay, the final question is, and this is from Hot Scenario, what does it mean when you wake up from a dream the same time every night?
1: Uh, well, you know, it, I don't know if it's the same dream at the same time mm-hmm. every night. But if it's just you're waking up at a certain time of night with the memory of a dream, um, this is just, you know, a sleep cycle. So you know, we tend to think of sleep as consolidated into this like chunk of time where we lay down and die, (laughs) and eight eight or ten hours goes by. But that's not really the case, right? We go through this journey, and uh, and if you notice that you're waking up uh, at a specific time with a dream, you know it can be a really great opportunity to set an intention for your next dream. So if you're waking up with a dream what's your intention? What would you like to dream next? You know, put that intention back in your mind, roll back over and go back to sleep. And hopefully you'll slip back into that dream world with this with this new way of thinking.
0: Yeah, um, that's a really, really good idea. Because sometimes you're inspired to get up out of bed. And sometimes I, I know that I have a lot of experience with waking up in the middle of the night. And I've done some research. There are particular organs that detoxify at different times of night. So sometimes it does relate for me. You know, it's like the liver time, especially if I'm taking a supplement to detoxify the liver. Sometimes I'll notice I'll wake up at that same kind of liver time every night. Um, But I still always need a practice to get back to sleep. So thinking about that's great, especially if that person's connecting to their dream to... um, to think about what they want to dream about next would probably be helpful in getting back to sleep. Um, okay, I'm just going to ask one more just because it, it's relating to the the topic at hand that we were talking about for most of the, the podcast, and that was, how do you lucid dream without losing deep sleep? And that's from Courtney
1: Myers. Oh, well, there's no concern there at all because uh, lucid dreaming, I mean, it, it happens probably in REM sleep most of the time which is that active part of dream sleep and deep sleep happens in the first part of the night uh and most of our REM especially our long REM sessions where lucid dreams most likely happen are in the morning you know so say you're going to bed at 10 p.m um you're going to have the best chance of lucid dreaming really like five hours after that You know, so three or four in the morning is when we start getting these long REM sessions um, where the brain's also more active, you know, and uh, um, the frontal lobe is also, you know, there's a lot more going on in the prefrontal cortex uh, as, you know, morning approaches. So it's not a conflict. Um, You don't lose sleep for lucid dreaming. The only time you'll lose sleep is if you're waking up in the middle of the night to, say, do do a practice for instance, to, you know, which are effective, you know, where you wake up, say you're waking up naturally at three in the morning with a remembered dream. You can stay awake for an hour, uh, do some meditation, reading about dreams, uh, working on your dream journal, and then go back to sleep with your intention. You'll slip probably back into light sleep or REM, and your chance of going lucid is very high at that point. So you lost an hour in that case, right? So maybe only do these practices if you know you've got the day, the day off, or the morning off, and you can sleep in. But it, it's not; it doesn't affect sleep quality in any other way.
0: So wonderful, Ryan! You're so amazing. You're so smart. You're so inspiring, and you're so you're so helpful for so many people. You you put out amazing heart centered content, and I'm. Very, very grateful and honored to be able to speak with you every time that I get to. And I, I want you to know that from my heart. And I also want our Raw Talk Basic Witches, Wizards, Dream Wizards, everyone out there to interact with you in whichever way um, feels right. So email you, visit your blog, um, order a talisman. I still need to get mine, but... I really want one, especially now that I know that it's copper. Um, and then you're mostly active on Facebook, right, Ryan? On that's the Dream right. Studies Portal um, site.
1: That's that's right.
0: Okay, so we'll link we'll link that page too as well. And then um, you guys who have who are still sending questions, we I will log them and hopefully we can have Ryan on again to um, answer another big dream topic for Dream Wizard Part Three. thank you so much ryan
1: yeah thanks for having me and i loved all the great questions it's really nice to, to hear from your audience
0: yes they're awesome we'll hear from them again i hope you have a good night's sleep everyone thank you again ryan and i'll talk to you soon
1: uh dream well